sequences, we didn't have any sequencer at that time. So we had to literally play the sample by hand. And because I had a steady hand, nobody else had a yeah. steady hand. My hand was real steady. I played that whole sample with my hand. No sequencer that. Boom, boom, boom. I did all that by hand. I started small time, dope game, cocaine. Pushing rocks on the block, I'm never broke, man. Sports jewelry and the shit that came with rolling hard. You try to screw me, you'll get fucked up with no regard. Hello, and welcome to Graffiti Talk Radio. This is Derek Talley, and I got my man Bumba Clock with me. What's up, Bumba? What's up, man? You know the deal. And I got my man Fresh with me. What's happening, Fresh? I'm chilling, big bro, man. I'm in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today. Our guest, Crazy C, does production, remixes, vocals, instruments, performance, writing and arrangement technical, and much more, and has worked with such artists such as Wu-Tang Clan, Above the Law, Outkast, Goody Mob, Paul Wall, Chameleonaire, and R&B acts such as H-Town and Jodeci, but is best known for his work with rap-a-lot artists such as Scarface, Gangsta Nip, Willie D, Raheem, and the whole roster at Rap-a-Lot Records. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Crazy C to the show. What's up, Crazy C? What's up, man? Hold up. Y'all made me feel like I've done a little something, man. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor and a pleasure, man. Oh, man, I appreciate y'all for helping me, man. The feeling is mutual, man. I appreciate that. Well, you know, uh, we're a big fan of all your work, and I have a feeling that there's many out there that's a big fan of your work, but you're one of the guys behind the scenes. Yeah, man. You know, I try to try to do what I can, man, to try to – you know what I'm saying, keep the South hot, you know what I'm saying, especially back back in the 90s, man, you know, where I live, you know, that's that's what I tried to do, man, hopefully, hopefully, man, people appreciated what I did, man. Well, where'd you grow up? Well, man, I was born in Dallas, believe it or not, man, but I moved to H-Town when I was like around eight or nine, man, so, you know, I guess you can say I was I was born in Dallas, but I was H-Town bred. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in the yeah. same neighborhood that, uh, that Zero grew up in, over in Ridgemont on the south side of Houston. Okay. Uh, how old were you when you started producing? Man, dog, uh, the first first record I'd done, man, believe it or not, was in high school, man. So I had to be probably about, man, about 16. Yeah, about 16, 17. It was a group called the Little Fellas, man, that – you know, it was a, a a barber, man, this this dude named Irv, man, that, that had like a little studio in the, in the back of his barbershop, man. And that was like the first record that I ever done. Damn. Dope, dope. Wow. 
16. Well, you know, a lot of the a lot of the best at what they do started young. You know, Jimi Hendrix. You know, so I'm I'm hearing this story a lot. How you start young, you get that passion for it, and when you're at that age, you're not you know worried about you know anything else. You're just doing it because you for the love of it, the love of the music. Yeah, straight up, man. Straight up. That's that's all it was. It was strictly love, man. But you know, just like most producers in hip hop, man. Actually, I started off DJing first. And then kind of like slid into production, man, you know, from that. Well, how'd you get the name Crazy C? Man, it was a, a, a rap group called Master OC and Crazy Eddie. I don't know if y'all, y'all, I don't know how old y'all cats are, man. Y'all may not remember them, but it was like, what, 1983, I believe? Man, and um, yeah. I was like, you know, you know how you come up with names? I was like, DJ Fresh, nah, that ain't, that's whack. That ain't gonna work. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. D- DJ MC B, you know, nah, that ain't gonna work. But I seen this, this group called Master OC and Crazy Eddie, and I was like, hmm, last name, last uh, initial, uh, uh, the first initial of my last name is Cullings. So what if I yeah. take the crazy and put it with the first initial of my last name? And, you know, I just kind of put it together, and it stuck, man, and because I was, you know, I used to DJ all the parties in the hood, you know, under DJ Crazy C. And then when I started production, I just dropped the DJ and just became Crazy C. Now, what did you grow up listening to, and what were you DJing back in the day? Man, like all of the Parliament Funkadelic, man, I remember, man, I went to, when I was like eight years old, my sisters, man, because I, I was like the only only boy in the family, you know, so I got, you know, got to do a little everything. My sisters got jealous, you know, because they were saying my, uh, my old man was spoiling me, but I went to the 1976 Parliament Funkadelic live concert in Houston, man. I seen the mothership coming out the wow. top of the stage. Boy, blew my mind, dude. Damn, blew my yeah. mind. So it's like, you know what I'm saying, the 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 funk, man, all of the old funk records, man, they, they kind of like influenced my sound, man. And, of course, you know, getting on into the, the late 80s hip-hop when, when, you know, sampling started to come in come into play. You know what I'm saying? That that just gave me a whole a whole reference to, to dig from because I had lived all lived through all of that music. Even though I was young, I remembered it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, my dad played the Parliament Funkadelic and all that stuff. My, my dad was a DJ. He was in the Air Force, but he also DJed at the Oak Club. And so I grew oh. up uh, with a lot of the same music, man. Uh, uh, all the P-Funk, George Clinton, Funkadelic, yeah. as well as uh, One Way, Ohio Players, all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that One Way, man, that Mr. Groove. Hey, Mr. Groove, won't you, boy? Yeah, you taking me back, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, tell us about Paid in Full Entertainment. Well, Paid in Full, man, was like, you know, my homeboy, uh, Mad Hatter, it was a label that he started. He found it, man. And, uh, you know, he's a DJ here in Houston, but he also is an MC as well. And when he got, got to, to H-Town, man, I forgot how I met him. I think I was up at the radio station one day, and another friend of mine, Def Jam Blaster, introduced me to him. And uh, <clears throat> we got cool, and he wanted me to produce some records for him because he had, you know, heard, like, all of the stuff I had done for um, Rap-A-Lot, Scarface, and Ghetto Boys and whatnot. So I produced a couple of records for him, and I had my own studio. You know, says so you know, time progressed, man. We just kind of like merged our two companies together. 
we merged Payton Full with my, my recording studio, and that's how, you know, I became a part of Payton Full. So it was, it was like we kind of like merged. It was two existing companies separate, and then we just kind of put them together. Okay, is that Mad Hatter from South Park Coalition? No, nah, he's actually a DJ on, on the radio here in Houston, man. He's been like oh, a top, okay. jock, top jock in Houston, man, for like over the last 10 to 15 years or more. Okay, because, yeah, I heard of, of Mad Hatter on um, K. Reno's album. So, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is, is that the same one? I'm I'm thinking it is because I, I think, you know, him and him and K. Reno, you know, they didn't really see eye to eye together. I'm cool with K. Reno, but I think, you know, they them two never really saw eye to eye together for some reason. So it, it may have been. But, I mean, you know, that's my that's my dog, man. You know what I'm saying? Mad is my dog. So. You know, we 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 kind of like mashed the two the two companies together, man, and that's how you know Paid in Full came into existence. You know, to where it is now. All right. Now, did you get Odd Squad signed to rap a lot? Yeah, I did. Yep. My homeboy um, Funky Fingers was a, was a guitar player that knew them, and uh, he was like, "Man, I got this 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 uh, my homeboys the, the stamina because they stayed over in Third Ward. My homeboys, man, got." got this group I want you to hear, you know, because I was over at Rap-A-Lot at the time, and uh, Corey was playing guitar for me, so he took me over to their house, and I was blown away, man, blown away with, with Rob and Jug and, and, and Devin and all of them, and so I, you know, I asked him for a demo tape, got the demo tape, took it to Beto at Rap-A-Lot, and Beto let Lil J head, rest was history. Oh, wow. Now, how many instruments do you play? The only instrument I really play is the turntable. <laughs> <Just like most laughs> yeah. play, you know what I'm saying? That, that's my instrument, man. And, and, you know, of course, you know, the sampler and whatnot. But, but I always had a musical ear. So I had, you know, musicians that I, that I surrounded myself, you know, with like uh, my keyboard player was, was uh, this dude named Bear Wolf, Terrence Williams, like one of the coldest keyboard players out of each time. And, of course, and I just told yeah. you about Funky, Funky Fingers, you know, Corey Stoop. That, you know, he went on, he played a lot of guitar for uh, for Manny Fresh and all that amount of cash money in their early days. But, yeah, I just I always had that ear. I just never could play it. So I just had musicians surrounding myself with musicians that could interpret, you know, what I had in my head, man. And I just, you know, it just kind of came together, you know what I mean? Well, it comes together perfect, man, from listening to your work. Now, can you count how many albums or key, how many albums and singles that you've engineered? Oh, man, it's too many to count, dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, just in, including just the ones that I produced and then the ones that I just mixed on, like, you know, of course, you know, I've done production, you know, from Scarface to Ghetto Boys to Willie D's solo album, um, to um, Wu Tang Clan and done the Method Man uh, remix, Outcast, yeah. uh, uh, Goody Mob, who else? Uh, Jodeci and done remix for them. Eight um, Ball, MJG. Now a lot of their stuff, like I I done production and some of the stuff I just mixed on. Like I mixed like the whole In My Lifetime Volume One. I just I mixed that whole album. I didn't even do any production on it, but I mixed it because. You know, a lot of the cats around here like the way I mix my own stuff, so they would come in and just, you know, give me some bread to just mix their records, you know, because they like that sound that I had. So it, it, it's it's a lot, man. You know, it's a lot, but that was just a just a few. Yeah, because uh, 
you started there in Houston, but then you they all over the continental U.S. You've been working. They've been coming to you from New York and Compton and Atlanta. Yeah, man. The um, the New York connect, man, was kind of like you know you know happenstance, really, man. I was you know over there rap a lot, and uh, I got cool with one of the A uh, and R chicks over there. This, this chick named Shirlene Head. And she uh, she uh, knew uh, a chick over at RCA by the name of Charm Warren's, Warren Celestine, and they was looking for a southern remix of uh, Wu-Tang's Method Man because it was big on the East Coast, but it wasn't getting much traction down south. So uh, Charm, yeah, Charm had asked uh, Charlene if she knew anybody down here in, in, in Houston that could, you know, get, every, get a song, a southern remix, and she turned me on to him. I did it, sent it back up there, Charm like um Charm liked it. Put it out, man. The rest was history on that. Once I done that remix, everybody started calling. Yeah. All right. So, now did you go to did you go to school for engineering at all? School of the streets, dog. School of the streets. Yeah. School of the streets. Yeah. Man, I didn't go to no school or nothing. It was uh, a friend of mine, man, uh that had a studio down. I don't know, man, just like God just kind of put a lot of people in my life, man, to just kind of like connect the dots. It was a, a guy named uh, um, Richard Simpson that owned a studio that I was introduced to from another homeboy of mine that went to high school with Def Jam Blaster. You know, he introduced me to Richard Simpson, and he was like the one of the only black studio owners in Houston. So he would, you know, teach me the little tricks of the trades of mixing and mastering. And, and when he was done with his sessions, like, you know, after he was done with his sessions, he was like, you know, just let me come in and just kind of play around with it when nobody was in there, man. So I kind of like between him teaching me what he knew and me just in there messing around with it, I just kind of like learned it on my own and just picked it up. And over the years, you know, just got good at it. Like, okay, when you first started, like what software and hardware were you messing with? And what's your favorite? Man, at the time when we was coming up in the 90s, it wasn't really much computer, you know, software like it is now. So it was all hardware-based, like the EPS 16 Plus and the ASR 10. Those are my two main instruments. And, you know, mm-hmm. I did everything on those two, those two uh, sampling keyboards. Um, of course, you know, later on in the 2000s when, you know, the computers had, you know, got more powerful and they was able to hold more tracks. Then I turned on the Pro Tools and all that. But back in the game, yeah. man, it was just that, that keyboard, man, that EPS 16 Plus and that ASR 10. And if if you seen Fade to Black with Timbaland, you know, he done yeah. a lot of his stuff on that ASR 10. That ASR 10 was a beast, man. Yep. Yep. Wow. Now, when, uh, when you do make a beat, do you start with drums or do you start with a melody? Well, it depends, man. Sometimes, the majority of the time, I start with the drums. But like, if it's if it's a, a, a R&B, you know, sounding type song, I start out with a melody first. It, it just depends on how I'm feeling, and, you know. And sometimes the artists will be in the studio with me, and they'll have, already have like a concept in mind that they want, and I kind of like play off of that. Uh, but the majority of the time, I'm always going to start with the drums first because, you know, if the song ain't banging, anything you put on top of it, it ain't going to matter. You know what I mean? So you got to have it banging first. Yep, yep, I heard that. So the technology changed since you've been in the game, but you've been on top of it ever since. Yeah, you have to if you want to stay relevant, man. You got to stay on top of it. Yeah. Like, what do you dislike about the industry? Well, I mean, now, really, 
it's a lot that I like about the industry now, more so than it was back in the 90s when we were really coming up. The, the thing that I would like about it now is open because, you know, the internet, internet I call the internet the great equalizer because it, it gave everybody a level playing field. It gave everybody access to get in the industry that didn't have access before. But the downside to that is it let everybody in. So it's like everybody feel as though that they can produce. Now, everybody feel as though that they can rap, and there's no filter. So, you know, yeah. you got a lot of lot of watered-down hip-hop out there right now that wouldn't have got in the door before because they were gatekeepers. Now, the, you know, the gatekeepers, in one sense, they were bad because it made it hard to get in, but then in another sense, it was good because it kept out all the garbage. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, it is it is what it is. I think now, though, um, you know, if 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 the you know the the up and coming you know artists or whatever, if they do their homework, if they study, you know, the artists that came before them, you know, saying like your Biggies, your Tupacs, your Scarfaces, and your Outkasts, whatnot, they'll they'll see how to have longevity in the game. And there's only a couple of rappers, man, that's out now that I feel. It's just my opinion that I feel have longevity, you know, Kendrick Lamar, you know, J. Cole, you know, Wiz Khalifa, those artists, man, they, they studied the game and they have longevity. Some of the other artists that are coming out now, they have one hit song and then you don't hear from them no more, you know? No, no. Yeah, and you know what? I I love that list, the new artists that you put out there, and I'd like to add Big Crit to the list too. That is. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. Forgot about Crit. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Without, what's the best advice that you'd give to a new artist or a producer? Man, that's just it, man. I would say, man, study the game. Study, study the successful artists that came before you, man. Look at what they've done to have a long-lasting career. Look, you know, look at what Jay-Z was able to build over so many years and still be relevant in, in his 40s. You know, you don't really catch that nowadays in hip-hop, man. You know, mm. you just got to... I think if you stay closed off in your own little bubble and never really look outside of your own circle, it limits you. And, you know, you don't really have a frame of reference to grow. But if you look at what, uh, what the other artists did that are successful, it gives you, a, it gives you, you know, something to strive forward to as opposed to staying in your own little bubble because it's, it's kind of dangerous. It's almost like Prince. Prince was a genius, but, you know, he – you know, some of his records was just so far above everybody's head that only only he could get to it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, he, yeah. you know, he stayed in his own little bubble, and you know, and, and no knock against Prince, dude was cold. But I'm just saying, you know, a lot of times, you know, you you just gotta open up just a little bit, man, to to see, you know, what everybody else is doing, and then add your flavor to it, and 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 you know, move on from there. Right, right. Now, speaking of Prince, he gave a beautiful live performance, just like Funkadelic and Parliament and everybody. Now, what role would an engineer play in, in making sure a live performance sounds nice? Well, I mean, first and foremost, you want to make sure that the vocals are being heard. You know, you go to a live venue a lot of times, man, you know, the the sound is so jacked up, you can't understand what they're saying. So you want to make sure that the vocals are cutting through real nice crisp and clean once you got the vocals then you know of course you want to make sure that all the music is coming around if you're using live instruments 
if you're not using live instruments, of course, if you're just going off a track, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of easy. You know, you just make sure the track is loud enough, you know, the, to, to bang through the system. And, of course, you want to make sure that the system can handle the music, too. You know, make sure you have the appropriate speakers. Make sure that you have them positioned right so that the sound doesn't bounce off the walls if you're inside or if you're outside so that the sound is directed towards the audience and not, you know, towards the outside of the venue. I mean, you just got to, you know, dot all your I's and, and cross all your T's and make sure that everything is straight before the show starts. Sound check is, is crucially important. Once you get a good sound check, make sure those settings stay where they are and have nobody mess with them. So once the actual show starts, you know, you won't have a different sound than what it was when you were, you know, doing your sound check. All right. You know what? Do you have like a dream project, a project that you would really just want to get into that you've always wanted to do? <sighs> Man, it's, I do. I do and I don't, you know, I think, man, you know, uh, you know, God has blessed me to be able to do so much, man, over, over the years. And of course, you know, I haven't been able to do everything that I wanted to do. You know, a lot of that is by choice, you know, having a family and having kids, man, you know, I kind of pulled back from the industry so that I can raise my kids, you know, without being blinded by everything that's going on in the industry. But at, at the same time, man, um, Man, I, I would have loved to work with Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying? That would have been on my on my dream list. And then R&B-wise, man, believe it or not, man, I would have liked to work with New Edition. Now here they working on a new album, man. So I I just, you know, I'm I'm like kind of like a dude that likes all styles, man. I'm all over the place. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, my music was a little bit different than everybody else's because I was, you know, I'm, I'm a music connoisseur, dude. You know, I like it all. Yeah, yeah, me too. Do you have any projects that you're working on right now? Man, I got a lot of things in the, in the oven, man. I can't say right now, but just stay tuned. All right, all right. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Hey, hit us up when you want to uh, promote it and get it out there. Straight up, man. Sure will, man. Hey, Bumba, you got any questions? Yeah, man, uh, I got a couple. Uh, I was always wondering, uh, were you? At uh, Showstop Records, when uh, at the very beginning when they created the Scarface song, and and were you the producer behind that? Yeah, I was at, at Showstop. Man, I wasn't the actual producer. My homeboy Def Jam Blaster was the guy that actually produced that record. But uh, we all knew each other. Me, Blaster, and Scarface. You know, we went to high school together. So when they was doing that record, I was in the studio, and you know sequences we didn't have any sequencer at that time so we had to literally play the sample by hand and because i had a steady hand nobody else had a steady hand my hand was real steady i played that whole sample with my hand no sequence of that i did all that by hand i didn't come up with the concept like i said blaster produced the record but they didn't have a steady hand to keep it on time. So I, you know, I hit that, that keyboard button and looped it all by hand through the whole song. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And one more, um, uh, how was uh, recording Big Mellow and, and what was that like? Um, and how was Big Mellow? Man, that was, that's my dude, man. That was my homie, man. Yeah. Man, we, uh, you know, it, it Mello was was the type of dude, man. He can go in the studio one take. We call it one take Jake. 
He go in there yeah. one time and the vocals were done. I mean, I didn't have to go in and do no overdubs. I didn't have to do no punch-ins, none of that. The first time Melo went in, it was it was a wrap. I mean, one of the quickest dudes that I ever ever had a chance to work with, man, because he already came. And him, him and Face, man, they're like, you know, they, they kind of work similar. They had their rhymes already memorized. So when when they went in the studio, you could feel the passion because they was rapping straight from the heart. They wasn't looking off no paper. You know, they already had it memorized, and those are some of the best rhymes when they got it, when they spitting straight from the heart as opposed to in there trying to read a paper and do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Because, you know, um, I, I had bought that Big Mel, the first one, and right when I came home from the Marines, and I played that for my dad, and he loved it with saying a lot. Because, you know, at that time, he was start. my dad introduced me to rap, but at a certain point, he started gravitating away from it once the NWA came in and all that. Mm-hmm. So I went and um, I was buying everything rap like. You know what I'm saying? Anything rap like, even if I never heard it. So I bought that big mo. I never heard it. And when that prime time live come on, my dad said, "Ooh, that is nice. What is that? <laughs> this is, big, yeah. this is yeah. big mellow. Yeah, yeah, that prime time live, man. That was, man. That was actually Harvey Love's idea for that particular song. And um, you know, Harvey Love, I forgot what sample it was. I want to say. I want to say that was Bob James. I'm not real sure. It was a jazz artist, but that was Harvey Love that actually came up with that record, man. Yeah, that that record was smooth, man. And the way Mello yeah. suggests, I mean, Mello was like a, a human jukebox, man, because his his uh, mom owned the record store. So yeah. me and him, you know, we both were like a, a you know, like a, a rolling rolodex of music because I grew up with it because my dad was a, a photographer at a nightclub. So he had a whole bunch of records. Mello, you know, mom owned the record store. So when we came together, dog, it was just like, you know, it, dog, we had musical history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. That's dope. What, what's up, Fresh? You got any questions? Uh, Yeah, like, yo, crazy, like, during the the time when you was there at Rap-A-Lot, uh, do you know of any artists that Jay Prince would, had wanted to sign and didn't get the sign and they blew up? Like, for instance, he wanted to sign Too Short and Vanilla Ice, but, you know, they slipped through his fingers and they blew up later on. So do you know if any other artists here wanted to sign? Uh, not really, man, that I can think of for rap a lot, but I know for Suave House, you know, because I've done some stuff for um, – for A Ball and MJG, I done the song "Reason for Rhyme" off that Rhyme and Reason soundtrack, right. and I know uh, a, de- a demo tape of Eminem came across Tony Draper's disc, and oh, everybody man. that heard that tape, we was like, "Man, dude, dude, you better sign Homeboy. Homeboy, you know, gonna blow up." But Drake couldn't see it; he couldn't see the vision, man. So he let it slip through his fingers, and you know, next thing you know, it's on the Dr. Dre and rest of history. Oh man! Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, I wondered how that would have been worked out. Yeah. Well, where can where can fans gain access to your information? Man, they can uh, follow me on Twitter. You know, I'm just I'm new with all this social media stuff. It took me a long time to get on it, man. I came in, you know, chicken and screaming, man, because you know, it's just I I ain't really just keen on just you know putting my life out there like that, but. I mean, it's just the way of the world. But, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Producer Crazy C, uh, Instagram, Producer Crazy C. And, uh, 
on Facebook, the same thing. Also, man, me and uh, Matt Hatter, we got our own little online radio station, man, where we play like a lot of old school from the 80s and 90s. You know, we don't really, you know, dig into the new school too much. But, we, you know, for everybody that, that missed that nostalgic period of hip-hop and R&B, it's called a super yeah. throwback party. It's called Super Throwback Party, and it's on TuneIn, or you can download the Super Throwback Party app if you just like that old right. school flavor. Yeah. The Super Throwdown Party. Super you Throwback Party. Throwback. Yeah, Super. Yeah, Super. Oh, okay. Super, super Throwback Party. Yeah. The reason yeah. I'm getting that down, crazy shit, because I'm a truck driver, you know, and I I drive, you know, with the, when it, I moved down here to Nashville. I'm from Chicago, but I drive within a 200 mile radius. And I'm always driving, and I love to hear good radio stations. So you got you got a new listener now. I you appreciate you, dude. Appreciate yep. you, man. All right. Yeah. Well, we dig um, we dig deep in the craze too, man. So you probably hear some sounds that you ain't heard since like you was a kid. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm gonna let my dad know about this. We're, we're gonna have that on uh, for Thanksgiving dinner. Let him know. Super uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you have any last words for the audience? Man, I just say, you know, if for any, you know, up-and-coming producers or, 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 you know, artists out there, man, just I would say, man, learn the business. If I had any advice to give to them, man, learn the business. And don't be so, you know, uh, ready to sign with a record label because, you know, truth be told, honestly, man, right now, you don't really need it, man. You got, you know, artists like Chance the Rapper and, you know, Tyler Creator, man. These dudes are making it on their own. So you don't really need a major label to make it anymore. So I would say, man, get your social media game up. Make sure you you got some hot music. Make sure the, the music not just hot to your homeboys, but, you know, just, you know, play for a couple of people that you don't know. And if you got something, yeah. man, you know, try to work it yourself, dude, because you don't really need anybody, man. The money and the papers there, you just got to go out there and work it. So that's, that's you know, that's what I would say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And also, man, one last thing, though, if y'all don't mind, if, you know, a lot of stuff that I do now is like mixing and mastering. Like I got yes. cats to send me songs from like all over the world, from like Germany and U.K. and you know, and, and whatnot, they send me songs to mix and master. You know, they can go to hiphopmastering.com. Now, the site is not no fancy site or whatnot, but if you email me, man, and give me your tracks, I guarantee, man, your tracks going to come out banging. Well, you know yeah. what? That's important to know because uh, my son's going to MTSU. He's a he's a producer. His name is King Teflon. And okay. um, he, does a, he does a lot of work, and he's getting ready to put together his own little um, – EP with with you know with different artists on the stuff so uh and plus we here at Graffiti Talk Radio are gonna uh put something together and we could we could use your services so okay what, what was that what, what was that website again hiphopmastering.com dot com we got it all right crazy C thank you for joining us at Graffiti Talk Radio brother peace thank y'all for having me man. Respect, man.